This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't like 23 until I started doing drug deals. And it wasn't with my dad. <laughs> my dad got on to me because I tried to pull a BB gun on a car. <laughs> he cut us off. I was like, I'll get him. He's like, give me that. You might have a real gun, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Don't get me shot because you're stupid. So you've never had a drug deal where you, like, legitimately feared for your life. No, I'll kill a motherfucker. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. So I've had tons of crappy jobs in my life. I worked in a checkers restaurant in the middle of July one time where the air conditioning went out at about three o'clock in the afternoon. And our manager said, don't worry about it. The guy's on his way. But the guy never came and we ended up working another eight hours in a sweatshop, basically. I worked a telemarketing job one time where I got the phone slammed down on me by like 90% of the people I called. They didn't want to hear from me and they didn't want to talk to me. I was interrupting their day. I worked a corporate job one time where my boss looked at me and said, you can either get your work done or you can get the fuck out of my building, Shane. When I looked at him and said, maybe I might need to bow out of a meeting early because I just found out that my mama was gravely ill. And he did this in front of 12 other employees. I've done lots and lots of bad jobs, but none of them topped value marketing. See, when I was 18 years old, I applied for a job that promised management training. No experience necessary. We'll train as you go. Make 50 to $200 a day. And as I'm flipping through the classifieds, I see this big font and I recognize immediately this is for me. Now, nowadays I can recognize this as a pyramid scheme from a mile away, but as a teenager, that's big money and I want to be trained as a manager. So I applied for it and I got the job, but I got it under false pretenses. See, the hiring manager's going through the whole thing and she says, okay, you're going to need your own car to work in this company because we sell framed artwork and you're going to need a place to put it. Everyone, you're going to show up to our warehouse and we're going to load your car up with pictures. We call it merchandise. And then you sell those pictures to everybody out in the general public. Then you bring the pictures back, bring the money back, and then we settle up at the end of the day and you keep the money. Now, everything about this sounded fabulous, except for one problem. I didn't have a car at the time. Now, I knew this, but they didn't. So on my toes, I'm thinking, saying, my car's in the shop, you know, and they say it's going to be like three weeks before it gets out. We're doing a lot of major work on it. And the hiring manager bought it. Now, in a pyramid scheme, you're trying to hire anybody. So me telling them I would have a car in three weeks, not a big deal. They said, nah, it's fine. We'll train you without a car. It's cool. I knew my car had been down for months. I knew it was dead, but they didn't need to know that. And pretty soon the boss was sending me out with other people in their cars. And I was selling my pictures to people in the general public. And I was making pretty good money. Well, at this job, you had to show up on weekends from time to time. And since I didn't have a car, I was always bumming rides with other people I worked with. And on one particular Saturday, my buddy Tommy picks me up in his truck with another girl we work with named Rachel. Now, I'm six foot three. I'm not a small guy. So stuffing me in the back of a Mazda B2200 was not as easy as it should have been. But I climbed my happy ass in the back seat because, again, I don't have a car. I mean, should Rachel have been in the back seat since she was like a third of my size, like 5'2 and weighed 90 pounds? Yes, she probably should have been, but Tommy was into Rachel and he was banging her, so I got in the back seat. 
So I get back there and I'm looking around for a seatbelt just to try and latch myself into this tiny back seat. But this is the truck before they ever had the full-size cabs and stuff like that. So it was tiny back there. And Tommy's truck was kind of nasty, so I couldn't find the seatbelt at all. But you know what? It's not a big deal. It's 20 minutes away from my mom's apartment to the office. Let's just go ahead and go. And off we set to go try and sell some pictures. And as we're pulling out of my mom's apartment, suddenly it starts to rain. But just a little bit. Like it's raining hard, but not that, not like terrible or anything like that. And the first few minutes of the drive are just fine. We're driving on a road we've all driven on a million times called Powder Springs Road. And as we take our right off of my road onto Powder Springs, it starts coming down a lot harder. Like that moment you're driving along and like thunder hits and then suddenly the skies open and it feels like buckets and buckets and buckets are just falling out of the top of the sky. And we're driving along and people start putting their flashers on. People are pulling over into parking lots. People are pulling into emergency lanes because they're getting freaked out by the rain. And Tommy's a little funny kind of guy and he's yelling at the other cars in the street going, Get out of the way, Grandma! Turn your flashers off, asshole! Get the fuck out of my way! And on and on he's going. We're laughing and we're having a good time. And the rain is beating down on the car. And it's like this white curtain that's just hitting the car as hard as it can. It's nearly impossible to see out of it. And as we're driving around a curve coming up on Powder Springs Road, I caught what looked like something silhouetted against this white rain curtain in front of us. Something huge. It kind of looked like a truck and it was turning in front of us. Like way too close to us. Like right in front of us. And I got my hand up just in time to say, oh shit. And as I get that much of the word out, Robbie makes a split-second decision to throw our car to the left and try and avoid this terrible moment that's coming. And in a second, everything goes dark. The front end of our truck was an unstoppable force that had met an immovable object that was known as a refrigerated box truck right in the middle of Powder Springs Road. Tommy starts screaming at us while we're sitting in the car. We gotta get out, man! If there's gas leaking, the car could go any minute now! And I can hear him yelling at me, but my head is so fuzzy, he's way off in the distance. And I look down at my shirt. I'm wearing my class shirt from being a senior at high school, and it's covered in blood, like a lot of blood. And then I look up at the front windshield, and I see the outline of my face where the rearview mirror used to be. Tommy makes it out of his door and pries his seat up to let me out and rushes around to Rachel, who is screaming in agony in the front seat. As I make it out of the car, still not realizing why I'm bleeding so bad, but following Tommy's instructions because I don't want to blow up in the truck, I see the front end of our B2200 that is destroyed. And I see the box truck that's got very little damage and I realize everything can change in just one second. I make it over to this bank that's off to the side of the truck and I'm just laying there in the grass looking at the car and Tommy makes it over to me with with Rachel and we just lay on the grass for a minute. We're waiting in the pouring rain for an ambulance or a fire truck or a cop or a helping hand or a good Samaritan or something, someone to come along and help. And I have very few clear memories of those moments after we got out of the car. The next moment, I remember fire and rescue pulling up, and they start asking us questions and examining us, and I'm basically on autopilot through this entire process, but I remember saying, as you're loading me up on a gurney, and saying, hey, uh, how much is this going to cost me? And the one thing I do remember clearly is one of the EMTs telling me, hey, man, don't worry about it. We're free. We're the fire department. Now, apparently, he forgot to talk to the ambulance driver because my bill was not comped for the ambulance, but I'm going to talk to them about that later. But in the end, I broke my nose across the rearview mirror of my friend's truck. And Rachel, the tiny girl sitting in front of me, tore all the muscles in her stomach as I flew forward at breakneck speed. All in all, it was a shitty day. And all I got out of this entire experience was a little scar across my nose. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of a show that remembers exactly where we were when Kurt Cobain died. For me, I was 16 years old working at McDonald's. Or as we like to call the show, Now That I'm Older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. 
You can find us online. Go to nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us like our badass patrons, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Family. Now, Potter Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter Family, you'll find our show as well as the Fulfill My Fantasy podcast, the Gabbing with Ghouls podcast, and the Being There podcast. And this week on episode 188, we talk about the aftermath of Kenny banging the stripper a couple of weeks back, and then we get into drug deals that the two of us have been involved in over our lives. Now, Kenny didn't get involved in drug deals until he was around 20 or so, and then I got involved much earlier, like around 8 years old, on a trip with my dad to the wrong side of the tracks with my 2-year-old brother in the front seat of the car. So, check it out. We'll be right back. At my signal. Unleash hell. And we now have a recording set up. Woohoo! About time. Shut up. over here lay it out fucking gold for you to mine. What are you Just letting about? it pass by the stream. What are you On the way out to the ocean. We're going to be lost from mankind forever. What are you talking about, Ken? The sad trail of the gold that you missed. I, uh, <laughs> hold on. That's the sound of like the, the, the dust. The dust rolling by. Maybe it's some tumbleweed. What? What are you doing? <laughs> Guys, for y'all who don't know, Shane's in a judo match with his chair right now, and it's kind of hilarious. Like, I'm pretty sure he's about to knock the microphone over. His headphones are about to fly out. I'm honestly in a fight with my chair. And I'm he's, he's really not doing well. It's like it's like if the chair was judo trained and he's like a toddler. That's what the match was looking like. It was awesome. I little, ran over the like cord. Pulling on his little fat little toddler leg. <laughs> Yeah. Shut up, Kenny. I ran over the cord for the uh, computer and I rolled back. And like, you know how when the cord gets really taut? We're so professional. And you know <laughs> you know that cord's about to break. You know it is. If you keep rolling, you're like, okay. Good job. I have to fix this. Good job breaking our equipment, Shane. God. So I wanted to start this week with an update an to update. the um, I had a hooker that I slept with story that you told a week or so back. Hooker? You mean stripper? Sorry, stripper. God. It's like, whoa. <laughs> I missed out. Wait. Did you give me a GHB? Well, I mean, there is a hooker story that you've never told. Shane. Shane. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a violation of trust right there. <laughs> that's not a violation of trust. You told that story on the podcast, and the only reason it wasn't released to the fucking audience is because the audio was fucked up. Aww. That's the only Aww. reason. So anyway, we're not going to go into that because you refuse to give us gold. We have to just mine gave silver. you gold last week. I, I nailed a stripper half my age. I gave you the gold. So when we were talking about it, though, I said, so Soul Patch is okay with this. So it, this was like the very next day when we recorded it. So you want the update of what happened. Right. Afterwards, after we left. So or after I left. Shane and I usually like hang out for a little bit after we're done recording, maybe watching TV, play some video games. And uh, as soon as we came out. Soul Patch, as Shane calls him, my cousin. <laughs> Good name for him. That way nobody has to know his name. Snuck around or kind of sulked down and, and took a seat down in the living room with us and was just kind of awkwardly hanging around. Shane picking on him a little 
Caleb. <laughs> I mean, he's an easy target, dude. Come on. <laughs> he is. He's in his early 20s. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> and it was blatantly obvious that he was waiting for Shane to leave. <laughs> he wanted me to go. You could tell, like, he was waiting for were me to go. Were you there when he asked where her shoes were? No. Okay. No. See, I <laughs> left. I left, and it was like, okay. Um, well, cool. <laughs> and then I get a call on the way home. From Kenny, and he's like, dude. Actually, it was the next day. I get a call from Kenny, and he goes, dude, my cousin was really stressed out about whether or not I banged the uh, stripper. He waited until Shane, like, he was basically waiting for Shane to leave. So he he asked, like, by the time you were to the outside gate. (laughs) So Kenny has this fake grass next to his house. It's AstroTurf. Exactly. It's AstroTurf. So Kenny believes that he has some sort of, like, you know, a football field on the side of his house. No, it's not a football field. It just has AstroTurf. So anyway, by the time I get to the corner, by the time I get to the corner of the house and I'm standing on the AstroTurf, Soul Patch is standing in the living room going, so, um, have you seen her shoes? (laughs) (laughs) That's what happened. And I was like, yeah, they're under my bed. And then I mean, he immediately was like, did you sleep with her? (laughs) Like, well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you fell asleep, dude. What do you? What did you expect? I asked if y'all were doing anything together. If like y'all were still like messing around, she was very clear that it was no. You told me no before. He so, used to get like pissy when I'd say, "Where's your girl?" It's not my girl. So you got full clearance from him on this entire thing beforehand that it was. Perfectly I mean, I cool. wasn't like, "Hey, uh, I'm going to bang her. <laughs> I want to bang your friend." No, I wasn't like that. But no, what I mean, I'm saying, you talked to him and said, "Are you guys doing?" No, anything? it's just casual still? conversation. They, they had said it's not my girl. And I asked her directly that night. Are you, so and you him together? So you had full clearance. You had made sure this is cool yeah. with every front. There's nothing like wrong. That. I'm innocent here. Are you really sure, though? I mean, this is girl. He obviously <laughs> had feelings for He's you. He's better no. off. He is better off. He was like, she's just coming over here to smoke my weed and my liquor. And I was like, you think? <laughs> I mean, if you're going to give it away for free, if she comes over, why would she not? Why would you not? And he was like, oh. That's how Paul used to maintain friends at our old apartment, <laughs> by giving away weed. Right. And then you started giving away weed at your house, and then it was a just whole thing. Thwart. Well, he was selling it. He would give you a lot while you were there. Right. He would smoke with you while you were there. But I mean, it was trash weed, too. I mean, like like shit that looked like it was gross. Like, it looked like a zellia leaf. <laughs> Like a dried up azalea bush. <laughs> it was horrible. It was like brown. <laughs> it was like goddamn chewing tobacco. <laughs> it was the worst weed ever. So it was, was giving, brown and I red. I was paying dude. like $200 for a quarter pound to give away. <laughs> oh my God, dude. That's just dirt. That's dirt and trash. Well, it was grown in a crawl space or something. <laughs> it was trash weed. Oh, God. <laughs> Shit didn't ever get any sunlight. It was all grow and lights. Paul couldn't do nothing about it because I was his ride when he used to go re-up. So I totally knew where the guy was to re-up from. <laughs> I was like, watch this. You want to see Petty? I'll spend $200 a week. <laughs> you were spending your- $800 a month. No, it wasn't like that. It was like more like a quarter pound a month. Okay. Like $200 a month. You said $200 Paul- a week. I was like, what the fuck? It was more like $250 a month. Back then, you were Paul- not balling. Just to make Paul feel poor and lonely. <laughs> Because I would go to Kenny's house. <laughs> Even his roommate was at my Everybody. We Everybody. had the traditional circle like they had on the 70s show in the garage. The worst nights were when we would get a fucking bottle of the um, 
tequila that came in a plastic bottle. <laughs> I never participated in this. Oh, yes, you did. Uh, there was more than one night, dude, where we would plastic just Plastic bottle vodka, yes. Plastic bottle tequila, no. We'd bring that shit over and be like, hey, I thought this is America. You guys want to fight? Let's fight. If it's Weird. America, why are you drinking Mexican liquor? Oh, my Shut God. Shut up. <laughs> so I bring all this up to ask you a very serious question. What? For this week, I wanted to ask you. What is the scariest drug deal you've ever been on? That's, oh. That's a, it's a question out of left field. And it's not something that many people out there can discuss, but you and I in our lives. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that I've really – I've had some – I've been screwed over. I wasn't really scared. I was more angry. <laughs> so you've never had a drug deal where you like legitimately feared for your life? No, I'll kill a motherfucker. I'm talking about before you had a gun and shit like that, when you were still younger and like having to go buy weed from shady people and shit I, like I that. I still had a gun. <laughs> I had guns since I was like 21. But I'm okay, fine. So if you don't have a story where you ever. No, you know, I, I got screwed over by a guy and I never was able to get my money back. What happened? Me, me, and, your, me and somebody's brother. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't do a good job on that one. <laughs> I don't know who's. Uh, Someone's we, we brother. We had gotten our heads on some stuff that was back then. Back then, there was no mid-grades, dang, blah, blah. It, it was when I first moved in with Ray. Okay. And we were hanging out. Shut up, bitch! House a lot and stuff like that. Shut up, bitch! Couldn't go to your house either, so shut up, bitch! But it was also giving people <laughs> the thwart Paul's sappiness. Everyone hated my roommates so much. That it, like my place was the hub for everything. Beep out his name. That's uh, Roberto. <laughs> That's his new name, Roberto. So anyway, Roberto hated Paul. Yeah, Kenny hated Paul. So like we, people who had real jobs were like, literally spending money to buy weed to give away to all the little sycophants. To all the people who would come over and buy weed just to hang out with Paul. Dude, people know what the word sycophant means. It's okay. You don't have to okay. dumb it down. Okay. Fine. Respect the audience. So anyway, so you, got you, got back, you got screwed over. So there, we met this dude, ironically, through somebody in my family. <laughs> somebody in your family yes. knew, and connected you to this guy. Yes. So, I'm not going to say it was my brother, but it was my brother. <laughs> somebody's brother. So this guy's stepdad was apparently a guy who could get, and we were decided we were going to get a pound. So you're big balling. You, you need it to really like like seven, step it up. Here's how quality it was. It was $750. For a whole pound. <laughs> Back then, that was good because we were getting the QPs for two fifty, and they were trash. And that was trash dirt weed. This was at least green weed. <laughs> so we get it from the guy, and and obviously me and uh, Sanchez don't know what we're doing <laughs> so we get this bag and we're driving back and we're like that doesn't look like a pound <laughs> <laughs> so even though you don't know what you're doing as soon as you hold it in your hand you're like and then this, this isn't a pound well, denial it kicked in and we were like those nugs must be this is hell <laughs> and we get back and we're like that's not a pound at all it was like it was like less than a half pound but more than a quarter pound and, uh, and you'd given this guy the full $750. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he started claiming the police were watching him, so he couldn't do nothing about it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, one of our friends who played guitar for your band at the time gave me some money, so I wasn't, like, poor that week. Because uh, he was nice to me, because he hated Paul, too. There's <laughs> <laughs> a theme to the show. Everybody hates Paul, apparently. <laughs> That's why he quit the band. But, yeah, he was cool with me, so he loved me that. And then we got, I gave it to Paul. 
I made up with Paul and had him sell it and made back at least enough to pay back my friend who played guitar in your band and then <laughs> had a little bit left over, but not the whole seven fifty. So how did the phone call go when you call this guy and you're like, Hey man, uh, uh hey man, uh, I got home and is, waited and uh I'll fix that for you. Give me a call later. Give me a call in about four hours. Then the next call is where, oh man, they're watching my house, the cops are here. And I called him again the next day after he told me to get in touch. He was like, I told you they were watching my house. You can't be calling me. So then he just stopped returning your calls altogether. Yeah. Then, like, well, I threatened to shoot him. <laughs> then then he kind of, then I was like, oh, I better not call him anymore because he might just actually call the police. Yeah. And really be like, there. this guy. Should... I mean, what do you little, say then? This though? little 22 year old dude's wanting to shoot me. You say, fuck, I got fucked. <laughs> and, and you don't buy weed again for a long, long time. Well, the reason I brought this up is because I told an intro story um, a few days – or not a few days ago, like a few weeks ago. But that was long. Um, it was about the very first uh, time that I ever went on a drug deal with my dad. Now, the very first drug deal I ever – Well, see, none of mine happened when I was a child, so <laughs> perspective there, okay? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> It wasn't like 23 until I started doing drug deals, and it wasn't with my dad. So go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so there's definitely something to be said for not getting into any drug deals until you're in your 20s. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, I'm going to tell you a story about my very first drug deal with my dad at 8 years old, and it's just as crazy as you would imagine, so check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, we're the Grave Girls from Grave Girls Podcast. I'm your host, Hawthorne. And I'm Amaryllis. Every week we watch a different horror film, and I find a scary story that goes with it that will definitely leave you shaking in your boots. And if you aren't wearing boots, my true crime case and murder will scare the pants off you. And then you'll just be naked, and that's just, that's just a fun time. So listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to check out our website at grave-girls.com. We love you all in case we die. Bye! The price is wrong, bitch! Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck, because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon-exclusive content with stuff just like this. Why would you have fetuses as toys? And what sort of Russian nightmare cartoon do you have fetuses as toys? Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. I just, I know we're not supposed to get political on now that I'm older, but what the fuck is going on? So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. Doesn't matter, it can't happen. Why not? It's bound to come up. It's impossible. Lois could never have Superman's baby. Do you think her fallopian tubes could handle this sperm? I guarantee he blows a load like a shotgun right through her back. 
Hi guys, I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the IMDb Journey podcast. Where we break down every movie from the top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. But when we're not doing that, we also battle other podcasts in various movie-related games of trivia and drafts. We also give quick reviews about every other film we've watched as well. Yeah, here we're quite good too. Yeah, if you guys don't believe us, why don't you listen to these genuine testimonies? Oh, hey guys, you guys are really good. I love your chemistry. Oh, hey, Brew, it's uh, this is a this is a good podcast, yo. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, love the banter, guys. Keep it up. I'm DB Jenny. Is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic testimonies. Oh, thanks, guys. Absolutely genuine and real. <laughs> And if you want to give a genuine testimony as well, go ahead and search for IMDb Journey. You can find us on all your favourite podcast sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. So come along and join our journey. I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon? Your ruse, your cunning attempt to trick me. I was only pointing out that you weren't paying any attention to what I was saying. I hope it feels good. You hope what feels good? I hope it feels so good to be right. There's nothing more exhilarating than pointing out the shortcomings of others, is there? So when I was eight years old, my dad comes to me. I knew it was eight. <laughs> I knew it. So when I was eight years old, we're sitting in our little shitty one-bedroom trailer, and my dad goes, hey, boy. Is this the one where you lived in the closet? <laughs> no. With that, your was brother? A, that was a house. Oh, <laughs> I lived wow, in the closet. Okay. In the house. okay. So we're sitting, um, me and my little brother are sitting in the back bedroom, in my bedroom, because our toy box is in there. We're fucking playing. We're being little kids, and he's two years old, so he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And my dad goes, hey, boy, come here. And he calls me into the living room of the trailer, and he goes, I want you to take his money right here across the street, that boy over here. Now, he's going to give you a bag back. <laughs> Don't look in that bag, okay? Just bring that bag back to me. <laughs> oh, Southern parenting at its finest. So when you're eight years old, you want to be the solution. This like, you want to help. No, I just want to put things in perspective again, if you don't mind. <laughs> was this before or after y'all had marched around the trailer? This was, uh, bef- no, this was after we'd marched around. So this is after y'all had marched around the trailer and begged God to save your trailer. <laughs> <laughs> For those who haven't heard that intro story, because I told that one a long time ago, uh, uh, just as a quick aside, at one point, my parents. Like, Jor- like Jordan. <laughs> so it was it was like, like Joshua. Joshua marched around the, sit- the walls of Jericho to make the walls fall. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Kenny. My mom is listening right now and she's she is she fucking judging you. She believes in it, so that's more power to her. But you, I can just see you out there pissing. <laughs> I don't want to march around and drive her. I was like seven or some shit, dude. And my friends are watching shit out the window. I don't want to march around that trailer. Oh, your stubborn little head. <laughs> my arms were crossed, but we were like seeing this shit. It was fucking. Making a, we were Your making rat a, tail was probably swaying back and forth. We were making a joyful noise to heaven, dude. <laughs> the rat tail was moving in rhythm, moving to the Lord's beat. So, <laughs> so after that happened, your dad you to go buy him a bag of weed. Well, no, see, I, at eight years old, I don't know oh, that it's a bag I'm, of weed. A mystery bag. It's, it's go across the street, give this guy some money. <coughs> he'll give you a bag back. Now, the thing I didn't tell you is it's also like 12 degrees outside. It's one of the coldest winters we've ever it had. It doesn't ever get 12 degrees in Georgia. Oh, no, it, it was this winter. It might have been like 20-something <laughs> at the most. It was like... 
ridiculous how cold it was outside. So I run back and put on my little Spider-Man t-shirt or my Spider-Man shoes. about you across <laughs> and saw that by the trailer. I wish I could draw better because I would draw that picture. <laughs> Shut up, Kenny. <laughs> so we marched around my trailer, by the way. The I forgot to throw this in. The illustration in my head is so much more funny than the story. So the reason we our stick there. <laughs> all the it. other ones look like they're having a moment of pain. <laughs> and there's one who's all salty and shit. That's me. They want to be inside playing with Teddy Roseman. So the reason we marched around our trailer, we didn't have money to pay uh, the lot rent. Because when you buy a trailer, you roll your trailer to a lot. <laughs> I think this post is giving me long games. <laughs> So you roll your trailer out to this lot and we couldn't afford to pay the lot rent for it. And we marched around the trailer seven times. And then the next week we got the money to be able to get the rent for the lot and not have to get kicked off. March around the house right now. (laughs) So we do that. So my dad, a year later, after we marched around the the, uh, trailer, we moved out to Villarica and there was a guy who lived across the street and dad says, go give him this money. So I go put my coat on I put my Spider-Man shoes on. And I run outside and I've got the money in my pocket and I say, okay, give the guy the money. Don't look in the bag. Bring it back. <laughs> and as I'm walking across the street. In my head, the Mission Impossible music's all. <laughs> so in my head, I start thinking of this commercial I see every day doing cartoons. <laughs> that says, this is your brain. And then they, they crack an egg. And they say, this is your brain on drugs. And it starts crying and shit. And I'm like. I feel like I may be on the way to my first drug deal. <laughs> I stop. Uh, they had all the cartoon characters telling me not to do this. I stop where I'm at. Like, G.I. Joe has legitimately told me 17 times in the last week to not do drugs, to not get involved Don't with shady drugs, people. Kids. Now and, you know, and knowing it's half the battle. And so is violence. The other half is violence. <laughs> So you I, ruined it. Your little weak violence was nothing. <laughs> we didn't re-record that. <laughs> no, because when, when when I see him say violence, I imagine him getting all close well, to the microphone and be like, "And violence? No, whoa! Battle. And the other half is violence." Like <laughs> a little bit aroused as he's saying it. <laughs> I got a little half boner. <laughs> so about a year after this. After my dad sends me on my first trip, but I stopped in the middle of so it. So you made the deal. And you no, 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 no. I stopped where I was. Well, I finished the story. You can't not finish the story. God damn. I was about to. And then I realized, hold on, I'm going to give the payoff to this. I marched back into the house and I was like, daddy, I ain't going to buy you no drugs. Daddy. <laughs> that was what I called him. Daddy, uh, I ain't going to buy you no drugs. And I slammed my money down on the kitchen table. And I go, I don't even care if you whoop me. I ain't going to buy you no drugs. Simultaneously, at the same time in my childhood, I was probably sabotaging a lawnmower. Back to your story. (laughs) Make me cut the grass. (laughs) So a year after this, my dad says, we're going to go get something to eat, all right? But I got to make a quick stop. And then we'll uh, we'll go grab some uh, Hardee's. (laughs) Your your dad is like the paragon of good decision. (laughs) So we ride down the road. Like the archangel of them. (laughs) So we ride down the road to this, uh, like toward my little brother's elementary school. And we've always taken a right to go to the elementary school every single time we've gone. But this time we take when a left. When you take a variation as a kid, that shit messes with you. And you know what my dad used to do? What? Ever we'd ask him where we were going, whether it was me or my brother, where we're we going? We're going to the woods <laughs> to bury your bodies. We also had a game called Zick. Zick? Zick. Okay. This game was fucking serious. If somebody said what? 
you could zick them. And zick is you take your hand and as fast as you could, you'd say zick, and you hit them in the chest with like five of your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? And at first, my dad was all like, <laughs> fucking kids. And then we like started hitting him with them. So that became like a serious thing in the car that you didn't want to say what. God damn it. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> That's what I would have said. And I'm also trying to shift gears with my left hand because my dad made me help. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great that you're the one in control yeah. of the transmission. <laughs> and now I can drive with a stick with my left hand, which was really useful when I started driving a car. And it was on the right side. <laughs> I had the concept and all, but, you know. Now all of my things are back. But you felt like fucking uh, Jimi Hendrix where you needed the fucking gear shift on the other side. I just needed gear shift everywhere. So my dad is heading towards my uh, little brother's <laughs> elementary school. And takes a turn. And at this point, little kid radar goes off. Takes a left. Okay. Now there's so railroads. Beep, 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 beep. There's railroad tracks. Yeah. So we literally cross the railroad tracks and we're on the other <laughs> side of the railroad tracks. Your childhood's like one giant cliche. <laughs> <laughs> it's now, just cliche. <laughs> Speaking of the railroad track, those tussles, those are the cliches your childhood was built upon. <laughs> So we take this uh, left. Now, mind you, I'm in a one-horse town. In the downtown area of Villarica at this time, there is one streetlight. That is not a joke. <laughs> there is one fucking streetlight. There was a Pizza Hut. There was a Hardee's. There was a the bank. desolation here. It's there was one movie the theater. <laughs> there were two grocery Everything stores. Everything kind of looked outdated. Everything. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. You would pull up. Had, they'd seen better times in Villarica. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of it times It wasn't in really Villarica. the best of times. Your dad was buying drugs. <laughs> well, at this <laughs> time, you, I don't know we're buying drugs. How old are you? Like 12? No, at this point, because um, this was about a year after so I'd done nine. my first drug deal. I was nine. My little brother's three. year <laughs> 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 after my first drug deal. <laughs> so for my second drug deal going under the train tracks I'm with you come on we go over the train tracks and I'm like oh, okay boy. this is wild so Villarica's this nice little town a lot of older white folks running around <sighs> we had black kids we went to school with it wasn't like there wasn't yeah, white they, people there they, they did the chores <laughs> It was a, it definitely wasn't separate and equal. So we crossed the tracks and I find out why not a lot of black people live in the neighborhoods that I live in, because apparently all of the low income housing that they were building at the time was across these tracks. That's probably why they say on the other side of the tracks. I think that was pretty common in small towns in the South. So we pull through this. Now, mind you, I've never been to an area like this before. I've crossed the tracks. All I know is behind this, me is normalcy in the elementary white, school. This little white boy is on a fucking culture safari, safari down here. Dude, behind me is the fucking elementary they're, school. Their hair is so curly. And like the fucking normalcy of a little town. But now suddenly there are cars on blocks. See, there we always had posted. a mix. That's, that's one thing that's got to be a weird difference. Cause when I was a kid, there were always an equal mix of races, like Chinese. When I moved into like further into the city away from like the little ass town like that, it was always fucking like normal. Diverse. Yeah. But you in just, a little town, I'm like, I can just, in my head, you're like, it seems like the reverse of the Islanders when they first saw white people where you're all like, whoa. Oh my <laughs> God. Look at these people. Their skin's totally different than mine. So suddenly I start realizing that there are dudes posted. At the end of the driveways, just chilling. And my dad goes down and makes like a fucking U-turn and shit and comes back. And one of the dudes runs up and he's like, what do you need? What do you need, man? What's up? What you need? And he's talking all fast and shit. Now, I'm in the back seat right behind my dad. And this dude is like just talking to my – like this dude is How much can I get for a white kid? Dude, <laughs> yeah, my dad would have sold me out if he needed to. But he was like uh, – my dad goes, I just need a quarter, man. I just need a quarter. And the dude's like, uh, I'll be 35. He goes, 35 is fucking 30 last week. What the fuck's wrong with you? 
He's like, no, 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 man, it's 35. It just went up. He's like, no, 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 motherfucker. I ain't paying you 35 for it. I just paid you 30. And my dad is getting in an argument with a drug dealer in the middle of the ghetto and like across the tracks. I am in a situation that I've never been in my life. And as soon as the, the argument starts going off back and forth and shit like that, I notice the guy keeps grabbing at this black handle. Again, paragon of good decisions. <laughs> the guy, I'm sitting in the back seat so I can see the back of him. He's got the black handle of a revolver. Sticking out of his pants, and he keeps grabbing at it as my dad is arguing with him about the price of weed in the car. While his nine-year-old and three-year-old are in the car listening to him. Brilliant. So, the dad finally ends up, you know, fuck it, fine. I got my boys with me. I got to go ahead and get out of here. I got my boys with me. I'm just, here, here's 35. Just shut the fuck up. Give me my weed. <laughs> we drive Still off. Still got the weed. <laughs> we drive off. And I go, <sighs> Oh my God, I'm just glad we're safe. My dad's, my dad's like, what, what are you talking about, boy? What's wrong with you back here? I said, he had a gun. He was gonna fucking kill us. <laughs> he ain't gonna fucking kill us, Shane. Stop being a baby. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking serious? You are kind of a bitch. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. This dude. You should have had your own. You should have drawn down on him like a good son. <laughs> like a nine-year-old kid. I could have pulled out my fucking BB gun that I had at home that had a scope on it. My dad got on to me because I tried to pull a BB gun on a car. <laughs> it cut us off. I was like, I'll get him. He's like, give me that. You might have a real gun, you idiot. <laughs> Don't get me shocked because you're stupid. Basically, that's how I was raised. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh that's my scariest drug deal story <laughs> i would be like that looks like some dirt that looks like some dirt weed too man <laughs> not at nine you wouldn't have been uh-huh well i, like, I don't want a dirt weed i wouldn't have known what weed was but i wouldn't know i wouldn't want that weed the fact that he still bought weed after <laughs> the guy, it's like the part that sticks out in my mind because well, he wasn't gonna go without weed no no <laughs> not at all <laughs> yeah Ooh. Oh, Paragon of good decisions. <laughs> I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. This is about over, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming to Now That I'm Older. I guess I could be pretty pissed off about what happened to me. But it's hard to stay mad when there's so much beauty in the world. Sometimes I feel like I'm seeing it all at once and it's too much. My heart fills up like a balloon that's about to burst. And then I remember to relax. And stop trying to hold on to it. And then it flows through me like rain. And I can't feel anything but gratitude for every single moment of my stupid little life. You have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm sure. But don't worry. You will someday.